Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. And Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm Shelley Carney. And I'm Toby Eunice. Thanks for joining us today. We have some very special guests for you. That's right. Looking forward to talking more about personal branding. So stay tuned for that. Well, before we bring them on board, let me get um, let me get the housekeeping done. First of all, make sure that before you leave today or after you watch this video, like our video. YouTube likes it when you like our video. Share it with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social network so that we can grow the channel. And finally, if you are not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to subscribe. Click on that notifications bell. And when, it, uh, when we start a live stream, you'll be immediately informed. And as a result in the know. Finally, the super chat light is lit. So if you feel like making a small contribution to a project based on the things that you see, please click on the dollar sign at the bottom of the chat window and the nice people at YouTube will walk you through the process. Also, if you're watching this video after the live stream has been produced, there's a heart with a dollar sign in it. I know that sounds very mercenary, but uh, and if you click on that, YouTube will do the same thing for you. That's right. And thank you for the uh donations. Today, we're going to be talking with Tanya Eberhardt and Michael Carr, who are partners in Brandface, the most comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe. They're also international best-selling authors and hosts of the Be Bold Branding Podcast. They have helped and inspired thousands of coaches, consultants, and creators to define, develop, and display a standout personal brand so they can outmarket and outsell their competition. Their mantra is, people don't do business with a logo, they do business with a person. So let's welcome Tanya and Michael. Hi, Good Tony. to have you with you guys. <laughs> oh, thank you for having us. Uh, yeah. It's our pleasure. We uh, loved your the information that your uh, Leslie sent us. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we look forward to this uh, to this interview. It's funny because I used to teach uh, classes in uh, sales techniques. And one of the things that I used to say in those classes was people don't buy from companies, they buy from people. So it sounds like we're kind of on the same track. Now, that was in a business and uh, to business and a business to government world, but I think it applies across the board. So and we agree. So, so um, Leslie very kindly sent us a number of questions that uh, you'd like us to ask you. And we like working from that question set, but we always leave ourselves the option open of asking follow-on questions to anything that you might answer, nothing of which will be embarrassing or uh, offending. So uh, we'll just go along. We, uh, we like to go at least 30 minutes, but we don't have any problems going longer with that. So you be as vociferous as you want with your answers. Okay. All right. You're breaking rules already. Yeah, we do. It's in the nature of our <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not very often that we have couples that we interview, and we personally are not married. We're not a couple. We're best friends. So we always wonder, are you a couple? Are you best friends? Are you business partners? Tell us about yourself, how you got together, and about your business. Okay. I'll answer that with all three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all three. So, um, so we got together when um, – 
Michael actually became a client of mine first, and he was my first uh, brand face real estate client. And he did not know at the time that he was actually a guinea pig because uh, I was actually writing the first um, brand face book in the series. And brand face was about to become a business, but he didn't even know that yet. And I utilized all the personal branding concepts that I had created from all the things I had learned in the previous 24 years at the time. And um, I, his business skyrocketed. And so uh, then he, I asked him, would you please become my co-author in the second book in the series, which was a, a focus on real estate. And then I said, hey, um, that worked pretty well too. Would you be my business partner? And that's kind of how it all flowed from there. But Michael can add his version of that. It was pretty, pretty simple and a great story. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I, uh, that was my perception of how things worked out too. Uh, and then we found out, you know, we were the best of friends and just worked uh, seamlessly together. Um, so we talked, we knocked around the idea of, you know, dating. And uh, but w when you own a business together you, and, and that's your baby, you don't yes. want to mess it up, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but then after about five years of doing that and uh, nobody liking the fact that we were the best of friends, if we were dating other people, we were like, you know, what are we doing? So we, we just, you know, now we're everything. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> nice. congratulations. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So we uh, tend to struggle with it because we do get the question. Like we've been together for 10, 10 years, years now and we met in a very similar way. Uh, Shelly was a, a team member on a project that I was running and I just noticed she was a really, really hard worker. And I promised myself that if I ever needed a production assistant, I was going to ask her to be my production assistant. And then it would just evolve from there. So, yeah. Uh, we know we know how that works. So, uh, Michael, I noticed your accent is significantly different from uh, Tanya's. <laughs> t t tell us a little bit about that. What accent? Yeah, what accent? What they, accent? yeah. I uh, well, here's what's really funny about I it. Know. They, we grew up 45 minutes away from each other oh, all really? of our lives. Uh, so I'm a Southern girl. She's a Georgia-born yes. Southern girl, and I'm a Georgia-born Southern guy. Um, have been all all uh, so, but but she had a little different path, and she can tell you about that. And her, her travels took her away for many years, and um, she ended up in Ohio, and I lost her accent somehow. I don't know how that happened. I, uh, I'll tell that story. I, uh, Okay. I do. I, I spent time uh, over the years in uh, California. I lived in California. I've lived in North Carolina and uh, South Carolina. And uh, but, you know, you might as well have the same accent from all right, of well, that, Yeah, so. for all of those uh, southeastern mm -hmm. states. And Tanya, what's your end of that story? Well, I uh, I grew up in North Georgia, uh, very near where Michael lived, although we didn't know each other at the time. Mm -hmm. I left um, when I, I left that area when I was around 19 years old and I was in uh, I had a theater scholarship uh, at a local community uh, college and decided, hey, that's not big enough. I want to go to one of the best theater schools in the country. So I, I uh, researched that and I headed off to Florida State University. Uh -huh. They have a fantastic theater program there. And when I got there, they informed me that there were only so many roles they could cast me in because I was too Southern. They couldn't <laughs> put me in anything. So I very promptly enrolled in some uh, voice classes and, and the, the voice classes were transatlantic. Uh, it, and I, I don't, I have an old transatlantic voice book somewhere. I don't know what that is, uh -huh. but it literally leveled out my uh -huh. Southern accent. And then you can still hear it sometimes, especially if I get really mad. <laughs> you can hear it. It'll come out. It'll come out. Yep. But for the most part, you know, it kind of leveled it out. 
and I just ended up with, you know, something that is kind of probably a little hard to place, I would assume. Yeah, it uh, is. So my, I, I'm usually very good at accents and your right. accent, like mine, because of the travels is neutralized. So yeah, I, it I is exactly where you came from. I spent time in Florida where nobody in Florida is from Florida. So right. they're from all over the world. <laughs> and then went up to Ohio, which uh, does not have a real distinctive, you know, um, uh, brogue up there uh -huh. <laughs> in Ohio for the people who live up there. So that's kind of how it all happened. But it is kind of funny that, you know, people do mention that all the time. And Michael will say, what, what accent? <laughs> I don't have an accent. <laughs> Yeah, I was born and raised in New Mexico and left with a New Mexican accent, which has a slight Spanish tint to it. And uh, But by the time I had finished my travels, I used to come home and my family would say, you really sound funny where, you know, you don't talk like you're supposed to talk. So <laughs> it just neutralizes. So so let's get back. Uh, let's get back to uh, brand face, because I, I read a lot of the material that you all provided us and I found it fascinating. Uh, and, and I think there was a lot that resonated with me uh, because of the work that I did before I retired. So tell us a little bit about where the brand face concept came from. Sure. Uh, well, when I uh, went to theater school, I decided really quickly that that was not the life for me. I kind of would rather party than work so hard. Mm -hmm. So I did that and went to a party school, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually selling vacuum cleaners door to door to pay for my college education. And I was, um, that's where I first learned, um, how to kind of craft my own story to get in the door because people just don't open their doors up and say, here's my wallet, take all my money and leave me a vacuum. So uh, I was doing that. I did that for three years and I was quote discovered, I guess you want to call it from somebody in the radio industry. And they said, you know, you should come and apply for a sales position in radio. So I thought, okay, well that worked. And fast forward 18 years later, I was still in the media world. Well, one really important thing happened the moment I hit the radio world, actually two. The first thing was I noticed that a lot of the business owners that were the most high profile, the most successful number one in their industries, they all had one thing in common. They were the face and the voice of their own business. They were in their radio commercials, newspaper, television. There was no internet back then. Um, and then the other thing I noticed was I was getting zero respect. I was brand new. I was young. I was knocking on doors and most of them were slammed in my face. They weren't taking me seriously because these were people spending five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month on radio advertising. That was a lot back then. And I wanted to be part of that, but, um, but I was not positioned that way. So I very quickly learned that if I wanted to change the way people saw me, I needed to change the way I presented myself. So that led to many years after that, helping other business owners and entrepreneurs position themselves, present themselves and their stories and their businesses uniquely uh, across all different mediums. Uh, so that's kind of how personal branding got its start. And nine and a half years ago uh, is when Brandface was born as a result mm -hmm. of all of that. Uh, quick question before I turn this over to Shelley. How much in terms of books and uh, courses and things, uh, what have you produced in that nine years? Because it sounds like that's the point at which you had to start, you know, putting things out that validated what you were trying to teach people. 
I don't think we've ever been asked that No, question. that's a good question. Mm -hmm. So in that nine years, we have produced four books, four uh, books in a brand face series, one for business owners, one for real estate, one for home improvement, and one for entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, and then in terms of courses uh, and programs, uh, we do have a, um, a self-branding course. So online only teaches you exactly everything you need to know top to bottom on how to personally brand yourself. And then we also have a done for you type of a program where you come in and you just kind of uh, answer questions and and show up and tell us what you like and what you don't like. And we just handle the rest for you. So that's what we started to build right away was really the done for you program because we realized people that we were dealing with were so busy. Not only did they really not know how to present and package their own story and their business, but they didn't have the time to do it. Mm. Uh, one comment. Uh, there's a couple of words that you use for your Southern girl comes out. One of them is lack. <laughs> there you go. See, I like that. See, Shelly. <laughs> uh, tell us a little more about um, how you approach personal branding, um, what that is, and why it's important for entrepreneurs and content creators. Well, um, here's what it boils down to. Um, you know, in, when we're marketing ourselves uh, in any entrepreneurial space, we can tell people we're better, we're bigger, we're the first, we're the, all of those things are subjective. Um, if you tell somebody how you're different, it's inarguable. So we, that is the very crux of the approach that we take when we start to work with somebody on personal branding. Right. And, and then of course our mantra is people don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. Um, so the whole idea of brand face and how it works is an introduction to your ideal clients of why you're the best person for them to solve whatever that problem that is. Like in my case, it's real estate and it started off as that still is. Uh, we still have a growing brokerage that we use the brand face principles every day. Um, and uh, and it, it teaches people really how to view yourself and, and in, the, in, in the process teaches you how to view yourself uh, in that space also. And we do that really through uh, uh, the 3D formula. We call it the 3D freedom formula. And we can talk more about that if you want. And it's, Please uh, do. Let's, let's yeah. get into it right now because I have a question that is kind of the, the answer is going to be dependent on what you're about to say, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we approach it like this. When a client comes to us and says, okay, I, you know, teach me how to position myself. Uh, what is personal branding? How is this going to work? We, we build off of the, the 3D formula, which is define, develop, and display. And we try to keep it as simple as possible. And I'll, I will break them down between each other. I'll take the define first. In the define uh, phase is where we really get to know that client. Um, and, and we find out like from what specific different position they're coming from. We try to uh, align them with an ideal customer. Uh, it's not designed to, to narrow them down, but it's designed to get to that one niche person that you're trying to speak to. So you can develop inside of that the, uh, the language that matters to them. And in the de definition phase, what we want to do is we want to find that ideal customer, possibly a secondary customer, but never a third. And uh, then we also want to find out how that is your unique proposition is valuable to them 
And so we spend a lot of time in that develop that defining phase because that's where you're going to figure out who you're talking to and what you're trying to say to them. And it's also where we come up with a brand identifier and that brand identifier, a lot of people call a tagline or a slogan. Uh, it's not meant to be a brand completely. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a, uh, like a, the way Tanya taught it to me was a 75 mile an hour. What was that? You know, something shiny that catches your attention to lead you towards the next phase of that. So that's that's how what we do in the define in the development phase. Then what we do is we create every single piece and part. um, We call those branding elements that you're going to need to get that message and image out to the world. Starting with we'll we'll take a look at your brand colors. We'll design a personal brand logo. Um, we look at brand messaging, um, which to me is is the most important part of a brand because you have to be able to articulate what it is that sets you apart. So in doing that, there are really five critical questions that we make sure that we answer for all of our clients in that brand messaging phase. And those five questions are, who do you serve? How do you serve them? What qualifies you to serve them? How does it make their life better? And what makes you different from everyone else also trying to serve that same customer? So so um, in the development phase, we also obviously um, make sure that our clients get a great photo shoot. We have a stylist on staff to help prepare them for that. All of those things and just making sure that both the messaging to articulate what sets them apart and who they serve and also the imagery that supports that message are all dialed in and created or developed in that particular phase. And then finally, we display it and we teach them how to display it everywhere. And uh, and although that sounds very easy and cliche, of course, why wouldn't you do that? It might not surprise y'all. It might surprise a lot of your listeners. People don't do it. And it's like Tanya says, it's like building, you know, putting together this incredible party and not sending any invitations. You know, nobody even knows you had the party. And so we teach them how to do that seamlessly on their personal uh, social medias as well as their business um, to get that point across because once you have that dialed in, we call it living your brand, breathing your brand. You have to live it and breathe it every day. And and it becomes seamless after a while, inseparable to who you are. And you find that you're constantly talking to your ideal customer, but it's effortless. Hmm. So one of my sons-in-law is a realtor. And so, and I'm always evaluating my sons-in-law, like, what is this guy going on? What is this guy? (laughs) Uh, But, um, after I had met him a couple of times, I realized that he has a very strong personal brand and could uh, work at any realty company. I know he has uh, plans for eventually licensing his own business, but uh, you could tell just because of his personal brand, he could work anywhere and he would be successful. And indeed he is. So what's the difference? And I used to get this question a lot uh, when I was teaching, uh, but I'm going to extend it just a little bit. What's the differences or elucidate the, the differences between branding, marketing and selling? Ah, okay. Okay. So we really like to simplify that, Toby. And and we look at marketing as simply utilizing various different marketing vehicles or channels to get a message and image out to the world, right? Uh, it's just the vehicle by which you deliver it. That message and image that you put out there on those marketing vehicles, that is your brand. That is what you want people. That is your your 
uh, influence of the way you want people to view you. So every time you put a message or an image out there, you're telling people, see me this way, right? And then selling is just basically, well, you know, me coming from the advertising world, I'd say advertising is just kind of paying for that message and image to be put out there. Um, but in maybe, maybe reframing that just a little bit to, or did I answer the question for you? No, no, no. That, that I, did answer part okay. of it. I'd like to, I'd okay. like you to move it a little bit into selling and how branding mm -hmm. and marketing either helps or hinders the sales professional. Oh yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let me take a stab at that. So uh, being a lifelong salesman growing up in a family of salespeople that um, it's, it's always fascinated me, you know, it's not, it's not new in the human uh, thought process. You it's impossible to convince people against what they already believe. And, and I don't care how good of a salesperson you are. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You might get hyped up and convince them they need this hot rod car and this, you know, the convertible because it's a gorgeous 80 degree day and no humidity and everything's perfect. But the first time it rains or leaks or the next day when the, when they see the sticker shock and stuff, then they're talking themselves out of that huge buyer's remorse. Like, so I approach sales and I, and we, although we've never been asked this question, I would say knowing Tanya the way I know her, we approach sales as though it's more like enlightenment to something maybe somebody hasn't thought about before. Right. Mm -hmm. So so like when you say, hey, here's a shiny new red convertible car and they're like, well, I came in for a sedan. You're not really selling them the red car. If you do it correctly, you're enlightening them that they might be able to rather have this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then it's their own mind that is convincing them. And branding and marketing work seamlessly with that branding, especially. Because when you when you dial in personal branding, you're talking to that ideal customer that already has that in their mind. Uh -huh. So if you're selling houses or if you're selling widgets or you're sell or you're a vet or you're a coach or a speaker or an author, you're already talking to people that are looking for that in which you're presenting uh, branding presents that way as you're the only person that can give it to them. And so I, it's going with the, the grain, if you will, instead of against the grain. We're not trying to convince people of something they're not already convinced of. We might be enlightening them to a facet of that that they haven't thought of yet. Oh, very good. Very nice. Very well put. Shelly? Well, let's get a little bit meta and give some examples based on your business and what sets you apart from other personal branding firms. Well, the first thing is we are very comprehensive in our approach. So we like to kind of phrase it this way. You see this gorgeous, you know, swan gliding across the water, right? Well, that's you, the customer that we're building this awesome brand for. And it just looks effortless. But underneath, we're paddling like crazy, right? That's us paddling for the client because we do so much work that the client doesn't have to even think about. We look at 77 different criteria when we personally brand somebody. And that's what makes it so comprehensive. They know that we've thought through so many things about how they present themselves. What could the possible pitfalls be to that? Uh, are there any negative, you know, con is, is there any negative context to the brand that you're putting out there? What else should we consider? How does that affect um, how you, how you're, uh, how your new book will come out or how you introduce yourself on a podcast or how you might get um, to be, to appear as expert guests on other people's podcasts. 
you see a per, a per, personal brand actually really affects so many areas of your business life and your personal life that you have to look at all of those things. So we really like to know where is it that you want to go with this brand before we begin to build it. And we have to build it so that it can uh, extend to what that client is hoping to achieve. So a lot of the people that I uh, dealt with in my career were actually employees of much larger, of larger corporations, of large corporations that had very significant brands. Like when you're dealing with Oracle, you know who you're dealing with. And um, how does, how does an individual ensure that their personal brand isn't um, blanketed, if you will, by the corporate brand? Or how do you, uh, maybe a better way to ask that is how does a person ensure that their brand is, that coincides with the corporate brand? Or do they have to worry about it at all? I, I, I say that they should worry about that um, because I believe that even B2B, <clears throat> that uh, people are still uh, putting their faith of whatever uh, size that is in a person on the other end of that line or, or on the other end of that email or, you know, so even though you might work for Oracle and have a job inside of Oracle, you, there are people who are trusting that you specifically are the person from Oracle, mm -hmm. not that Oracle itself is going to solve their problems or whatever mm -hmm. that is. And I also like, I like to use this analogy because like one of my favorite companies, you know, although they can be very aggravating, uh, but one of my favorite companies is Delta. I, I Delta Airlines. I, I mm -hmm. followed them for years. Uh, living in Atlanta, I've flown them for years. I, I was a charter diamond member and and for seven years straight was a diamond member. I did a lot of things right. They did a lot of things wrong. But I watched uh, under Richard Anderson and Ed Bastian. I watched these guys and how they operated inside the company, and it dawned on me when when Tanya taught me personal branding they have personal brands too. So like when you, when you're in a, in a B2B business like that, or you're going, you're going to be to say a uh, top 100 fortune 500 company, people will invest in you because you trade on the public market. Right. Mm -hmm. but do right. they, do they invest in you just upon the fact that your name is Delta? No, they probably follow Richard Anderson and say, well, I watched you when you were at Northwest and mm -hmm. then you came here and then you merged the two together. And I could seamlessly see you did that on purpose and that you had a 10 year track that would plan for this. And, you know, so they're investing more in that person. You know, you read about a board, even on a publicly traded company. And what are you doing? You're putting your faith in the people that they actually know how to do what it is that that business plan says they're going to do. So we see that as personal branding too, even though, they may not say I'm building my Richard Anderson would never say I'm building my personal brand. He is, you know, another example of that would be like Richard Branson saying in that same vein, you know, he's far more famous than Virgin Airlines is. Um, I don't even know the name of his cola company or his shoe company. I don't have to. Right. But I know he owns them. And so, uh, you know, it's still he has created that brand as that entrepreneur that knows what he's doing. And you follow him far more than you follow actually the companies that he owns that you invest in. So what would you recommend to an individual who has a, uh, a well-paying uh, with commission sales position in a company that's struggling with its own brand? No, really good question. That is a great question. Well, you always, you, you are there to, 
if you're working for another company, you are there to be a reflection of their brand. So you always want to make sure that you are with a, with a company that has integrity, that represents the things that you yourself would like to be known for. So there has to be some alignment, some congruence there, I think. Mm -hmm. So you need to question, are you with the right company? Number one. Um, but you know, every company is going to have some things that we don't agree with as, as potential, you know, employees or contractors of that company. It's just the way it is. It doesn't mean that you can't do your part and create your own book of business, if you will, underneath that umbrella and take care of your clients the way that you want them to be taken care of. So, you know, I hope that answers the question, but it does. And it's pretty much in line with the advice I used to give. Uh, the advice I used to give is, uh, A, are you making money? And if A, you are making money, then B, help change the brand, mm -hmm. which you can to improve the corporate brand of the, uh, the company's brand. So uh, I like great viewpoint. definitely like that. I, I was going to use a couple of examples like uh, uh, Joe Garrard, uh, who was the greatest car salesman on earth uh, in the mid seventies. He was only in it for six years, sold more cars than anybody. Mike Rezzi uh, was a guy that finally beat his record in 2017. I think it was 1,306 units in a year, uh, which is uh, unbelievable. But the amazing thing about uh, Joe Garrard, the first year, first car dealership he worked for fired him because uh, he was making too much money. I don't know how that's mm -hmm. possible when he's mm -hmm. only making 25 or 30% of the commission. They're making the other part, but that was the case. And uh, then the second one, he ended up selling uh, um, the almost, he sold more cars than obviously anybody else in the company, but that the owner of that company would tell you he made his brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a, a properly dialed in brand, personal brand for somebody in a commission sales position like that can affect that company in very positive ways, even if that company doesn't really have their stick together yet. Mm -hmm. um, and they could be a shiny example to that. And I think, so, too, since the company is this larger entity, I think maybe the question's better put the other way around, Right. Should, should the company be more worried about the personal brands that are out there in the street representing their good name, right? So it, it kind of goes both ways. I had a friend uh, who lived and worked in Washington for one of the bigger software companies, and he had a year so successful that the following year, the company established what they called the Fitzgerald rule. <laughs> and when you asked anybody what the Fitzgerald rule was, they would say, no sales professional can make more than the CEO makes in their salaries. <laughs> Fitzgerald rule. Oh, that so, is so wrong. Like and he was thank more you. valuable than the CEO. And, and, so and right? why not? That was the argument. <laughs> right. The problem with this guy is he had such a caustic personality. <laughs> you couldn't understand why why he was as, as successful as he was. <laughs> that is often the case, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody is going about setting up a brand, a personal brand, uh, they want to be known um, for what they know and what they do. What are some of the top things that they should uh, be considering? They should definitely be considering, you know, first and foremost, who it is they're talking to, who it is they're trying to attract. It kind of all starts there, because if you think about it like this, how do you even know where to market yourself or what to put in your marketing unless first of all you know who it is you're talking to or who it is you're trying to attract so they really need to know that first 
And once you establish that, you know, you've got to figure out what is it that makes you unique? Because we all have multiple points of differentiation. We've got to focus on, you know, that one thing that really kind of sets the tone for what we want to be known for. So I think just going into it from a wider perspective of how do I want the world to view me? You know, what do I want my legacy to be? How do I want people to talk about me when they're sitting around the dinner table and I'm not there? Hmm. So speaking of personal branding, I noticed that in your uh, avatar or logo uh, that you two are facing uh, away from one another, effectively kind of back to back. And I wondered, was that a conscious decision? And if it was a conscious decision, what is it supposed to tell your potential, uh, the people that have the potential to buy from you? We've got each other's backs. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know Actually, that it no, was it, it wasn't not at all intentional. Yeah. All I think right. it was just uh, one of those ad, like just ad libbed type of photo shoots. And when we liked the way it looked and the one we don't um, really advertise a lot is her taking her scarf and choking me. <laughs> uh, we, we, also did, shoot, we also yeah. did that one, although it is, a, you know, on a side table at the house. It's me with an evil <laughs> grin on my face. Nice. Nice. Yeah, we could see that an occasional on a yeah. bad day. So uh, we've talked a little bit about the differences between branding and marketing. Let's talk a little bit about, if you will, uh, the differences between uh, business or corporate branding and personal branding. And I think we've covered a little bit of that territory, but I'd like to hear your perspective on it. Sure. Okay. So I always ask people this question, which came first, you or the business? if you are the face of the business. And as soon as they answer, well, I mean, I did, I say, well, the business is an extension of your personal brand, not the other way around. Okay. So, so a personal brand as, as it relates to being the face of a business, right. Uh, is really meant to be a, the story behind the business. Like, because that's really where all businesses start. It starts uh -huh. with a human story. And so that, to me, that's really the connection. And there are blurred lines, you know, here and there from time to time. But for the most part, your, your business is an extension of your personal story and brand. You know, that's really funny because uh, um, one of my daughters, when she was in college, wanted to start the college painting business uh, that was going around at that time. Uh, and she wanted to give it a name that sounded to her like it was bigger than it was. And I said, well, if you're going to be selling in our neighborhood this summer, people know you. They know who you are and they trust who you are. And you're a soccer player and a great babysitter. And if you want to do business with them, forget the college corporate, you know, house painting business. You're Sean's Eunice, Sean Eunice's house painting business. She had a very successful uh, had a very successful summer. So we're I would totally agree with that approach. Yeah, yeah. totally agree with that. Shall I? Um, so I've been listening to a podcast put out by Joe Polizzi called Content Inc. And he encourages content entrepreneurs uh, to plan for a future where they sell their business. So if you are a personal brand and then you decide, I want to sell my business, what are some of the problems that we might encounter? Well, I'd like to take that one if you don't you, mind. You most okay. certainly can. So, so the example that we use in the beginning of our brand Facebook is there is one particular job title that changes almost every four four years, or at least every four to eight years, and uh, that is the president of the United States, arguably the most powerful person on 
on earth, right? Um, and that doesn't affect the office and the respect that the office is due um, when, when it changes to the next, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that might disagree with that depending on what side of the political um, realm you're on. But mm. the point is every four years or every eight years, that person in that seat changes, but the seat itself does not change. And so um, I, I look at it because uh, we get that question a lot. You know, what if I want to sell my insurance company or my real estate company or my car lot and it has my name on it? People don't want to buy it with my name on it. Well, most people don't actually keep your name on it. They'll just switch out and put their name on it. Uh -huh. um, so, and that's pretty easy to do. Really what you're buying is the bank of business because uh -huh. you can't buy someone else's personal brand. Mm -hmm. You and you're just buying the bank of business. You're probably buying some property. You're buying, you know, the the intellectual property, things like that. But uh, it to me, it's not a huge deal. But I can see how in some instances people would be hesitant to do that. I kind of think that's to each his own. If they feel like it's going to be a problem to them, don't name it after you. But your personal brand is still going to affect that business, whether it has your name on it or not. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of examples. Of that. I always mm -hmm. go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know. I mean, they, they, look, they, they're still putting the kernel on everything, right? Mm -hmm. They're getting somebody to play yeah. the kernel in the commercials. They're drawing a cartoon of the commercial on the bag. Mm -hmm. And I, we actually used that example on a podcast of the day. And the guy goes, I'll take it one further. They kept using him after he sold out. Right. And I had forgotten about mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, you're exactly right. Yeah, he sold out and they uh, gave him an honorary seat on the board and ignored everything he said after that. And, uh, <laughs> and But they were still putting his likeness everywhere. And I think that's a great example of how personal branding can build a, a big company and still maintain that same personal brand. You know, it's interesting that you should mention that my father comes from a family of auto dealers. Uh, they had three dealerships and he was the oldest, therefore he was the CEO and he ran the one in our hometown of Santa Fe and it was called Capital Ford because Santa Fe is the capital of New Mexico. But that business was built around him and his personality mm -hmm. and who he was and the fact that he would go out every Thursday afternoon and work on the used car lot just for the pleasure of rolling up his sleeves, uh, uh, you know, loosening his tie and selling rather than sitting behind a desk. And when he passed away and they sold the business, it took that business a couple of years to get past the fact that people were buying from Toby and not mm -hmm. either Capital Ford or the Ford Corporation. And it was visible. There was, you know, there were people that thought they weren't going to actually make it and would have to change names and things like that. They eventually did. And they still do. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the person that they sold it to, Mark Brandt, uh, his son now runs the business, so they've left it in the family as uh, as well. So let's let's talk. Uh, I don't want to be negative, but how do how do people how can people tell that their brand is working for them as opposed to against them? Well, there are there are a few ways you can tell. So number one, if people start referring to you for what you're known for. Right. So if they start saying something about, well, let's look at it this way. We had a, a real estate agent down in um, uh, Panama City Beach, and he was known as the bucket list broker. That was his brand identifier. It's what he went by and he wanted people to know him at that. And the reason he wanted that was because uh, we worked with him to kind of hone in on what he wanted to be known for based on the fact that he wanted to work with investors. And he said, every investor has a beach property on their bucket list. 
So it's like, aha, you're going to be the bucket list broker. Mm. So he would go into restaurants and they would start calling him. Hey, Peter, where's your bucket? Because he had his photo <laughs> shoot done with a bucket in his hand. So it that would was be smart. more memorable, more memorable. So so when people start to refer to you based on that, you know, your marketing's cutting through the clutter and they're and you're being remembered for what you want to be remembered for. Mm. Another thing is when you start get getting asked advice on the expertise that you have positioned yourself for. So if people start calling, oh, I know you deal with this, like they'll call Michael up all the time. It's like, I know you've invested a lot in real estate. Can you just kind of give me, you know, a, a tip or two here or there? And you'll know that his brand and what he stands for is really cutting through the clutter. And my favorite way of knowing there's one, there's two more. The third one is when probably, and this is not a science, but it's just a wild guess, right? 65 plus percent of your business is actually turning out to be your ideal customers mm -hmm. so that you know you're not just attracting everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But my favorite is this, when your competitors start to make fun of you or make <laughs> snide remarks, right. that's when you know you hit a nerve and they don't mm -hmm. like it because they see your growth mm -hmm. and they wish it was them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that actually happens so much. It's incredible. But that's my favorite one. I say, yeah. yes, keep going. You're getting somewhere. <laughs> So I have a quick story to tell you. Well, I have a lot of quick stories, but I'll tell you this one. So Shelly and I were, we love traveling. We love traveling together. We love tra shooting. We love visiting places. And we had gotten away from that as a result of our work in, um, in uh, live streaming. Uh, not that we don't like that as well, but we wanted to find a way to do it. So we literally established a new channel that I think at the moment has 53 subscribers and it's a small, small channel. But what's funny to us is we went to an event that we wanted to cover uh, and the channel's name is New Mexico Day Trips. And people would say, they would say, I, I'd say, can I do an interview? Do you have got time for an interview that we could do real quick? And I say, who are you going to do it for? It's our YouTube channel, New Mexico Day Trips. And they would say, oh, I've heard of you. And I was surprised that. <laughs> We'd been around a week. Uh, We'd been around a week. <laughs> but but they it. knew Shelly and I long enough in the work that we do on YouTube, mostly with live streaming and kind of travel videos. It was a treasure hunt that we were shooting for, but it was neat to see like, oh yeah, I know you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yep. there. That's a great feeling when they begin to recognize you like yeah, that. Exactly. So we were very happy with it. Shelly? Um, well, I think uh, I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to say you, you've been with us for uh, oh, 45 minutes now. So what would you recommend to us that we should be doing uh, differently or that we should do more of for our brand? Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a good question. All really right. Good. So not knowing the inner workings of your brand and kind of doing the homework that we usually do, I can only kind of assess things from a surface, you know, area. And one of the things I would do is put your brand colors and something behind you. Um, perhaps that's a beautiful room you have behind you, but maybe some of your brand colors are something that would signify the moment somebody sees this, they know, oh, that's Toby and Shelly. That's Toby mm -hmm. and Shelly. And I, because in every one of our videos, whether it's on Instagram, YouTube shorts, um, uh, b-ball branding episodes, things like that, we either have orange behind us on a wall or somewhere in our environment, or we're wearing it, right? Or I'm, it's not usually Michael, but it's usually me wearing orange. Yeah, right? So we try to have something. And when, and we're in a situation when we don't have that, 
then we can always do a video overlay kind of overlay you know the orange text or something like that on the video so we that way the consistency of that kind of that look and feel because a lot of times when you're just in the social media feed and it's skim 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 there's <laughs> something that stops and makes people recognize oh that's brand face that's orange right yeah. um and that does help with the instant attention grabbing aspect of things sometimes so i'd say you know you guys are fantastic interviewers so Mm -hmm. Wouldn't change a thing about that. Uh, so yeah, Shelly tried to convince me to paint the Steinway green and gold to match our branding, but <laughs> you just wouldn't do it. Just, just wouldn't. No, so that's actually a green screen behind us. We have the luxury of changing it to anything we want, and I think that's a good suggestion. Uh -huh. And I will take advantage of that and make sure that by next week we do have something background. Back. Well, I'll brag on you then. Your setup is really good because I haven't yeah. seen it glitch at all. And you know, uh, that's such a problem with uh, virtual virtual backgrounds, backgrounds yeah. is they glitch like that. Next thing you know, half your face is gone and stuff. Right. And uh, I haven't noticed that with you guys. You've got it dialed in well. They're pros. They don't well. they don't move too fast left and right. We've <laughs> yeah. done this before. You can tell. We have the benefit of having a lot of experience in building production studios. Yeah. Uh, there you so, go. Uh, so lighting is everything, right? This is actually a That's bedroom it. in my house. And when I moved into it, we made a conscious decision that we were going to take one of the bedrooms and turn it into a studio. So what gives us the quality that you see is the combination of we went with a chroma key green wall. Mm -hmm. back there and then the lighting that i put up is the other good thing about it that's between the two it's how you get the quality for the background so thank you for the compliment we'll accept it that way and yeah. i will take uh we've we like this room because we always get the question that's such a nice part of your house yeah <laughs> it's beautiful and so yeah i try to I, i'll tell people occasionally i'm if you're interested in the, the Steinway is for sale, because I don't know how to play. <laughs> I don't know how to play the piano. Let's spend a few minutes talking about. Oh, so we're gonna. The last question we always ask our, our guests is to tell us more about themselves, or if we have any questions that we haven't asked that you would like answered. But before we do that, what I'd like to do is I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your web pages. I've got two up: one of your Brandface uh, Star website, and also your. Um, Brand face. The free gift one. Right, yeah. the free gift that's one. Your so brand. Let's talk about the website and what are people going to find there? Okay. Uh, uh, and I've never had anybody do this either. You guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. So on the website, you're going to find um, a little bit more information about us, you know, personally and our stories in the about area. But there's what we're known for, our signature 3D formula. And then on there, you're going to find some free training that you can access. That's going to tell you a little bit more in depth than we've gone into today about personal branding, why it's important. And then you have an opportunity if you'd like to schedule a free discovery call or talk to us about possibly speaking or appearing on a podcast. So those are really the three main things there that you will want to do when you get to the website. So whatever you're looking for can be found right there, including reviews. I really encourage you to take a look at those video reviews on the review views page. There are quite a few of them and you get to hear from our clients, not just from us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big deal. And then your uh, giveaway page. Yeah. Okay. So that one is discussyourbrand.com. Um, and basically what happens is you're, you're usually one of two people listening to this. You, you're somebody who says, I'm curious to learn a little bit more. So I'll just go to the website, kind of see what they have there and chart off on the direction that I think I should go in. Or you're somebody that's sitting there thinking, 
oh boy, do I need help with my brand? I don't know which way I'm going and I would really like some help. That discussyourbrand.com shoots you straight to the front of the line and allows you to go right now and book something with us. Um, and sometimes we jump on those phone calls too, it's us or our staff. And we will assess, you know, your brand with you, take a look at what you need to do in order to become very recognizable, sought after authority in your space. Very nice. Very nice. Great websites, by the way. And that uh, will be in the description box. We'll have that link for you. They will. We'll include it. That's yeah. right. Shelley, last questions? Um, just, is there anything that you'd like to add today that we didn't get, uh, get to today? You first. Uh, okay. Yes. I, I love to leave people with this thought. Um, it, you're, you're very special. Every single person out there is special and there's something very unique about everyone. And I learned, you know, growing up, um, I was in a small town. Um, and we were riddled with alcoholism and addiction in this town and in my family. And I know that a lot of times the only difference between a young person waiting on the next drug deal and one going off to college with a bright future is truly self-worth. And I feel like if you can see or unveil your inner star and realize there's something special in this world about you, that about you uh, a need for you in this world, then they will have far less people headed in the wrong direction. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what Brandface is about, is helping people see that inner star and uh, helping them to get what they deserve out of life. Very well put. Very well. Yeah. And the only thing I would add to that is, uh, it, you know, you get asked the question a lot of times, what would you tell a younger version of yourself now, knowing what you know? And and the thing that I would tell myself and everybody listening is to be bolder than you even could imagine, uh, because it you you are worthy of that and you can't obtain it. And we're we're our own worst critics and we're our own worst enemies when it comes to obtaining whatever goal it is that you that you want. A lot of times we see that as a dream and then we think and then we toss it off and like oh that's just too big of a dream never happened and there's no yeah. such thing uh so it is all possible and within your grasp so be bolder than you can imagine that's great advice i have a corollary for that but it's much simpler put i had a a um, when i was in the service i had a very successful command sergeant major i asked him how did you get to be the youngest command sergeant major in the army and he said i took every terrible job that nobody else wanted and I said, how did you know you were going to be able to do it? And he said, I did. <laughs> I, I followed that set of rules from that point he just, forward. Yeah, That's he incredible. just did it. Yeah, he That's just went freedom. ahead and did it. Yeah. And, and I think the lesson to be learned there is you are born with all the gifts that you need to be successful. If you're not successful, you choose not to be successful. Mm -hmm. oh, well I love that. Yep. I love that. And thank you for your service, Toby. Oh, thank you for your support. I love the time I spent yeah. in the service and it led to a complete career after that anyway. So it was very, it was a good time for me. Sure. <laughs> well, that's all we have for today, right? Uh, I think so. We've taken a look at the websites. We really appreciate you two coming on. We're going to, we've got some closing things that we're not going to put you through. Uh, while we do that, but we appreciate you taking the time to join us on our program today. And of course, we'll, we'll follow up with links to both the video and the podcast. And if you'd like copies of either, we can share those with you if you'd like to use them in your own uh, marketing and uh, branding uh, program. So, but we'd love the information that you gave our audience today. We really appreciate you being here. And we look forward to uh, continue the conversation with you. 
Thank you so much. And we do too. You're quite the professionals. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our pleasure. All right. Last words. Well, that's all we have for today. Please do join us again next week. We'll have another wonderful guest who's going to come and fill us with knowledge. So, uh, Make sure you subscribe and click on that bell to get notifications whenever we go live or put up a video for messages and methods. And I'm Shelley Carney. I'm Toby Eunice. And the last thing I wanted to say is I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we do. Uh, we learn from every one of these conversations that we uh, we conduct, these interviews that we conduct with professionals like Michael and Tanya. And we hope that you feel the same way that you're learning from them. These people are coming on. They're not paid to come on here. They do it of their own free free will, their own volition. And they open up. We, we've never had anybody that didn't open up with us and share their information and sometimes their secrets with us. And I think that's one of the values of having these kinds of conversations. And we hope you uh, appreciate and respect it as much as we do. All right. So uh, next week, of course, you'll see us on Wednesday night um, with New Mexico day trips. We have a new day trip planned for you. As a matter of fact, we're going to be going taking tomorrow. it tomorrow. That's right. And then again, on, on a Thursday, you'll see Shelly at 11 o'clock on Women Conquer Business. And you'll see us again uh, at one o'clock in Messages and Methods. And we have a new guest for you uh, then as well. So if you're not already signed up for your news, our newsletter, go to news.agkmedia.studio. Sign up for the newsletter that goes out on Tuesday. Um, it goes out on Tuesday mornings and it has our entire schedule for the rest of the week as well as some additional information. So we appreciate you being here and don't forget, we love you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Shelly does too. That's Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 hosted by Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week. <laughs>